The Sears Show. Join us as we explore medicine, health, mental health, mindset, and fitness, guided by lifelong seeker of knowledge, Sifu Raphael. He will lead us on a transformative journey with groundbreaking insights and extraordinary guests from around the world. Together, we'll dive into the latest holistic approaches to well-being and the profound connections between mind, body, and soul. Sifu Raphael's expertise in positive thinking, resilience, and personal growth will inspire you to reach new heights. Get ready for the Sears show. It's time to embrace a brighter, healthier, and more empowered future. Good morning, good morning. Thank you both for being on the Sears show this morning. So happy to have you. How are you both? Doing, Doing very, very well. Very well. Mm, excellent. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh. I am I am thrilled that you both made the time. I know it is 7.30 a.m. here in the East Coast. And some places it's way earlier and some places it's later. So it doesn't matter where you're listening to in the world. You can always watch the replay. So today we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and how we can even deal with the mind and body all in the same realm, if you will. Mm-hmm. I have two exceptional experts with me today. Lois, would you mind just giving us a quick intro to you and then we'll have Evan go? Hello, and thank you so much. I basically uh, started my profession in nursing and I moved on to the emotional side because it was necessary for my own health. And in that depth, I learned about shame and guilt and how shame guilt is everywhere. It's ubiquitous and nobody really spoke about it. And that's why we were all stuck in it. So my expertise is in shame guilt work and bringing consciousness into the consciousness so we know our enemies and it is the mover of our emotional intelligence mm-hmm. without a doubt thank you for that thank you evan hey everybody i am a health wellness and mindset coach for pro attitudes i work with business leaders and business owners who are struggling as they climb that ladder to success because they left their health behind. And Mm. it's also because they're listening to their inner critic. Mm -hmm. So what I do is help people lose weight with their minds, not their mouth. And I do that by being intentional Mm. with their health. Beautiful. I I love the, the fact that you both were, I guess, in the medical field, if you will, right? And then you realize the importance of the mind and how that triggers so many things that we do, whether it's it's our fitness, our business, our 
family life, if you will, right? So all these different things. You know, one of the things that I would love for our for our viewers to do is to contact you guys. So at one point, do in the private chat, put in your contact info, and I'll put it across the screen at different times. So I want everybody to follow you guys because you are doing exceptional work. What is it? Let me ask you both this question, if you can answer one at a time. What is it? about emotional intelligence that is lacking in today's business and family. Okay, I'll take it. Um, I think that we haven't clarified what emotional healing or emotional landscape is. We talk mm -hmm. about mind, we talk about different ways of doing business by growing yourself and you know that's that's the whole point and i'm glad that's coming into vogue the uh interesting that evan spoke about the inner critic because that's a very large part of, of my work as well and i believe that together this can be really quite profound um, session today because we think we're in charge, but it's really the inner critic that's in charge. He's the CEO of our, of our personality. And mm -hmm. I come to learn that we can't chop his head off. We can't say goodbye because it's part of us. We have to make friends with our inner critic. And um, that's why I became a filmmaker was to show how to make friends with our inner critic. But uh, I believe that the more that we can label things like the inner critic and other aspects of ourselves, people can see how that empties into the emotional landscape and the emotional knowledge, which is so big. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, Evan... Would you mind answering that person? And then, you know, Lois, you did bring up the inner critic, and I love it. So, Evan, it's up to you, my friend. Sure. So, yeah, I, the work that we both do, it's, it's fascinating. Um, you know, so many people look at their health and don't value it until they don't have it, and then it becomes priceless. And part of what I want people to do is to start with self-awareness, which is a major component of emotional intelligence. Just being intentional requires being a fly in the wall, being mm -hmm. self-aware. And then with that self-awareness, quieting that inner critic happens just, you know, just as she said that to me, it's, it's amazing. It's like, I, the, I could have been saying those words. It's <laughs> how do you, how do you take that inner critic that's whispering lies in your ear? I, and I used to suffer from that inner critic. He used to be six feet tall. And I mean, I have Yoda sitting on my, on my <laughs> shelf here because that's my inner coach, but this is my inner critic. Mm. And he used to be six feet tall. Mm. Part of it is learning that he doesn't serve us anymore. He may have served a purpose and exploring those reasons of maybe why he was created or she was created and become shining a light on that inner critic so you mm -hmm. can understand that well that inner critic is keeping you stuck because it was designed to keep you safe it was designed mm -hmm. to address whatever 
truth you didn't want to deal with. And you created this lie in order for you to survive because that's really our, what is our main motivator is to pass on our DNA. So mm. it's ingrained in us to create these identities that help us survive and move on to the next day to make sense of what life is and how we handle it. But if we can focus first on under, understanding these things, but having first self-awareness, that self-awareness is the first step. And I think that's the, the most important component that almost everybody wakes up every day and they just live their life as if there's no self-awareness. Yeah. They just wing it. And mm. part of what I want people to do is instead of imitating what they did yesterday and the day before, this mindless imitation, I want them to find a deeper meaning. And that deeper meaning is going to help that lead them to more energy, more joy, and a better understanding of the things that they do so that they can choose to do things differently. You know, mm. it's responsibility, but it's that word response ability. It's your ability to respond. That's mm. what I think emotional intelligence helps people realize. It's not about what they have to do. It's what they're choosing to do. Mm. They're very Beautiful. Um, I like to uh, spin off on that, if I may. Um, often I'm asked, you know, it's a hard focus to get into. You explain it, but I would like to give a practical example. Like someone would say, oh, you hear in your head, that was a stupid, dumb thing to do, Lois. And <laughs> my response would be, who's talking? That's what I have people do. It's very simple. You talk with yourself. And that's why you become self-aware because you're actually talking to somebody. So you have to become aware. So I always tell people, say, who's talking? Now, you may or may not telepath the communication between you and yourself. And that's where I um, help guide people to find more of a self-awareness and an ability to cut off a couple years of therapy by talking <laughs> I love that you say that. It's so true. We got to go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So talking directly to the person that's given you a problem is the way to do it. Isn't that what you do in life when you have a problem? You, hey, John, let's talk this out or something like that. And that's what you're doing with yourself. And um, I asked the uh, part of myself who's talking to me, what is your name? Mm-hmm. I want to know your name so I can call you by name. Mm-hmm. And I found that the um, inner critic is living in the timeline when I'm two and four and five and six years old. So I have to invite him or her, say, can you come into the 2023 timeline now? Because I'm an adult. And we can see eye to eye more. Mm. I'm not a child anymore. Mm. But he doesn't know that until you tell him. You know what I love is that you're both talking about the same thing. It's awesome. It is pretty awesome. And when we think about it's communication, right? And what Lois 
what you kind of said is that a lot of times it's a one-way communication. We are only listening. We're not even arguing, right, with, with that critic. We're not arguing or not even responding to, hey, you're dumb, you're stupid, you, you're no good. And then we don't come back and say, wait a minute, maybe I am, or not maybe, but darn it, I am. I'm worth it. I am worthy. I am more. I am better. So it's that communication back and forth that we don't always have. And the other thing that I was thinking about when Evan was talking, you said be a fly on the wall. But I, I rather be a fly on the wall watching me, right? It's almost like yeah. uh, it, it, it's almost like that, that's elevating awesome. yourself above what's going yeah. on in, in the present time so uh -huh. that we can see what did I just do or what did they just do or how do I handle this better? So sometimes pulling away a little bit, still being in the moment, but I think active listening also mm -hmm. helps a lot with emotional intelligence. And when we think about emotional intelligence, we have to think about not just us. When we're in a communication, not uh, with ourselves, yes, but when we're in a communication with someone else is how do we communicate with them? What are the words? Because wordsmithing for me is so critical and you both are doing it fabulously where the words that we use will guide someone, right? It, it's, it's and, and we were talking earlier about the gym where do we go to the gym and, and what are we telling ourselves? Why do we go to the gym? Why do we even decide to work out? What has to happen for us to physically work out? But also, I think the deeper one is what, has to happen for us to mentally work out because a lot of people don't mentally work out well it's a mental uh exercise to speak within yourself mm. you know and we all do uh, it right it's, 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 it's we all do it so it's not it's yeah. even, even more than an exercise because it's just most of the things that we do are in the subconscious you know people wake up every day and they just do their thing but that's what self-awareness is about, is suddenly waking up and saying, hmm, being the fly in the wall, watching yourself, but also seeing it through your lens. Mm -hmm. You need to see it through your lens because the research shows that when you visualize, watching yourself is great, but when you want to visual, visualize yourself doing something, the way that it has the most impact on the, the, the brain is to see it through your lens, through your eyes, versus seeing yourself in third person. Don't know why, but I know the research <laughs> supports that. Now, that being said, it's this self-awareness is something that for th ever since I think man has been around, we have been trying to master this. So if you go back thousands of years and you look to the martial arts and you look to um, Ayurvedic therapy and the, the yogis in, in India, and you look all around the world, the seers, and they're always have been looking at a way to master their mind, but it's through self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I think that one of the things that I teach people, which they don't really know that they're getting taught this is meditation. 
because what meditation is, is really exercising what um, the attitude muscle. It's exercising that self-awareness and allowing yourself to separate yourself from that voice. You are not that, like Lois said, you are not that voice. Mm-hmm. That's a voice in your head. You're the witness to that voice. And then who's that? Yes. And then ponder on that. And that's in the more mm-hmm. you ask the question and the more you speak to that part of yourself, the more viable that person inside of you is and becomes more conscious rather than the unconscious. So what mm-hmm. we want to do is as um, Jungian therapy and every, you know, uh, those typical therapies, bring in the unconscious conscious. And in my experience, shame, guilt is the part or the, um, what do you call shame, guilt, energy mm-hmm. that keeps us stuck in the unconscious mind, not going into the conscious mind where Evan, you you know, this is where you proceed. This is where you do. This is where you accomplish. But we're stuck in the unconscious because of the shame, guilt clamp that has we have on it. So my uh, with talking with my teaching people to talk within themselves, I can actually help them find the shame, guilt that's holding them back and to get rid of it because shame guilt doesn't have any positive um, essence to it. We just need to rid ourselves of it. And this, this um, inner critic's job is to produce the shame guilt. Mm. So why wouldn't you not mm-hmm. want to talk to the inner critic and say, hey, you, we got to do us, we got to talk because mm-hmm. I don't well, I think- want and guilt. <laughs> yes, but I think that the shame and guilt has a purpose, not necessarily a productive one, but because we are social animals, it kept us in our pecking order. It's how oh, yeah. we evolved. And people, and when they, the thing that I love about um, this work is there's so many nuances to it, and you you can be a student for for the rest of your life and just <laughs> constantly learning. But my clients appreciate learning the nuance and going, I never thought of it that way. And then they go, that little bit of information gave their inner critic permission. Their inner critic actually gave them permission to move forward just a tiny step. Because Mm -hmm. that's really, I think that there are lots of different ways about this. But I think that there are many roads that lead to Rome. But if we can get our inner critics to give us permission to move forward, we don't stay stuck. And that's... The that's real, perfect. that's what creates momentum. Yeah, that's perfect because um, my inner critic calls himself king. Well, duh, of course. <laughs> and um, I had a very difficult time talking with King because King wanted to hold the boundaries, and I think that was true because I had a very difficult childhood. So King always wanted to keep me safe by keeping me away and not growing but Mm -hmm. i had to say i can't evolve unless you evolve and Mm -hmm. you can't evolve unless i evolve so i asked king would you like more power and king goes oh power yes Mm -hmm. i want more power so you can have more power 
when I have more power. Mm. And I can't have more power unless you have more power. So what do you think? Mm. You can get a vacation and have more power if you let me do more and be more. Mm. So King changed his job and he finds beautiful people to have podcasts with rather than <laughs> stuck in the hole of shame guilt because he mm. wanted to have more power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, one of the things that I, I, I'm thinking when, when both of you are speaking is that, yes, we have that inner critic, but a lot of times that inner critic grows because we allow exactly other people to speak and help the critic grow. And yes. it's the, the, the negativity that we allow in. So one of the things I tell my clients is imagine when you leave your house, you put on this suit, zipper it from the top all the way down to your toes. And so all the negativity bounces off. And, and when you think about that, it's like, huh, you may say these things to me, but they're going to bounce off because I don't want them in me. I don't want them to reinforce the negativity I may already have in me. If anything, I'm trying to get it out of me. So to to shield yourself is extremely difficult because all day long, everybody, whether they like you, love you, or hate you, they're going to be critical of things you may or may not do. So it's it's how do we deal with that? How do you guys deal with that? Well, you know, they're mirror neurons as they talk about them. I'm not sure whether they've been proven or disproven, but what happens is when you're around somebody, let's say, that elevates you, it brings your energy level up and your positivity and optimism up. Likewise, it brings you down when you're around. And it makes sense when you think Mm -hmm. about being social animals, part of a tribe, we want to just fit in. So how well how do you protect yourself from that that's that part of you that you need to what i what i encourage my clients to do is to say make sure that if you have people like that that you must be around let's say at work you can't get rid of your boss you can't get rid of your coworker. <laughs> you get to choose who you spend your time with so spend time and never allow more than 25 percent of the people to be that way and they have to be non-negotiables like you can't you can't get rid of them unless you're like lois said she switched jobs if that's a possibility great but then also spend another 25 percent to 50 percent with people who are like you right mm-hmm. and then what about surrounding yourself with people who you want to be like who you aspire you say you know read the read from those people watch their podcast find those people to, to have a drink with or break bread with. And what ends up happening is that self-awareness now opens up. This is one of the things you can have that discussion with the inner critic going, you know, you can get more power this way, right? You get to do your thing. You get to have, if, if you're an extrovert, you get to have these great conversations with not just the negative people, but the positive people. And that gives you more power. Mm-hmm. The problem with the inner critic the lies that he tells you. A lot of times we think that we'd be a failure without listening to that inner critic. We think that he's our best friend and he's really our worst enemy until we have that conversation because otherwise you're stuck. And it, it's you can't get rid of him, 
but he can't be your worst enemy. Just imagine, right? Your, your worst. How can it be? You're no growth, right? You can't live your life that way. So it's about having those conversations and learning to love one another. All the, all the layers of yourself. That's, you, that's you know, I, I just, I, and this is for you, Lois. I've actually walked in on people having a conversation with themselves. And the minute I walk in, they're like, I was like, who are you talking to? Because I thought there was somebody else in the room. And they're like, oh, nobody. And, and they were doing the work, but all of a sudden they became embarrassed. They became ashamed. Instead of saying, I was just this, I was just working something out in my head and I had to verbalize it. Right. So a lot of times we and we're talking openly about this, but a lot of people listening may be saying, you know, I don't want to tell people I have conversations with myself or that I even argue. Right. Because if you argue with yourself, who wins? Right. So <laughs> think of everybody. Everybody and has these conversations every day. That's self-awareness yes. right there. It's self-actualization to go, you mean I'm not alone? I'm mm. not crazy by doing yeah. this? No. If you, any person says they don't, they're just not self-aware. Yeah. It's a human condition. That's what I love about that too. It's mm. to give people permission to have those conversations. I, I mean, I'd love to be you're, alone. You're having conversations anyway. You're just, exactly. you're, you're mm -hmm. making it, viable to use it um why not i mean that's the way to heal um yes and to release your power self you know your primal versus your power self which would you rather be in the fight or flight response or your highest form of an expression of yourself that mm -hmm. that spiritual existence we are spiritual beings living in a materialistic or physical world but yet we are integrated we have yeah. to learn how to develop those attributes of ourselves. And it's through this process of And through the process of keep talking with, within yeah. ourselves. Mm -hmm. and I think people were embarrassed because there's this, um, oh, you're schizophrenic if you're talking mm. to yourself. I mean, you know, I've been to the, I'm a nurse, so I've been to all the therapies and all this kind of stuff. Oh, my goodness, they're talking to themselves. And I'm going like, now that I understand how we can emotionally do that and be helpful, it still has the tag of, oh, you're schizophrenic. So I think mm. people don't mm. want to be labeled as goofy. And even though the talking of the inner child and things of that sort is fairly common, it's still not generally accepted. Right. So we're we're a little ahead of the game, but we have to be because we've got to help people. So well, psychology is really such a new science, <laughs> just like nutrition is. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what happened back in the '90s is that they they the the birth of I think it was in the '80s or '90s was positive psychology because they've been focusing so much on the illness mm -hmm. of people's minds that they finally said, well, how do we help people? just like we do in nutrition. Like, I don't want to just focus on illness. I want to focus on thriving. Well, mm -hmm. positive psychology was birth. And a lot of this has come from the wonderful work that, you know, Carol Dweck did. And um, I don't, I, I'm actually, my mind doesn't have those names. Lois, you might know some of those names 
that um, have been helping to develop this. And I think that there's so much more to, to come in the next century that we'll look back at what we're talking about and it'll be a laughing matter. Like, wow. Because yeah. we have so much more development as and, humans, right? Uh, the, I always say the most important book you ever write is the book that you write of talking with it yourself. Mm -hmm. How exciting. I have like thousands of pages of me talking to myself. <laughs> so, um, and then I made a film so people can actually see the parts of me that are talking to me because they couldn't, I can see me talking to me to Alice is five years old and who's stuck in depression and the inner critic, the king and so forth and so on. But I wanted people to see what I see. And that's why I went to film school to make a film of me talking to myself that it's real. Mm -hmm. It's very real. And, um, I want to interject one thing. This is a book I found to the thrift store, How to Be a Jewish Mother. Mm. You don't have to be Jewish, but this is very interesting because there are parts in the book that take away the idea that this didn't really happen. Mm. And we all were, I, I was um, Catholic trained. Everyone's trained a certain way, you know. So it doesn't matter. We're trained a certain way. And one of their um, columns is making guilt work. I kid you not. It's right there. Well, making mm -hmm. guilt work. Jewish mothers, I will attest to them. They're really great <laughs> doing that. And, and this is Jewish, but I'm behind. This, <laughs> this is what you have to do. Underlying all techniques of the Jewish motherhood is the ability to plant, cultivate, and harvest guilt control guilt and control your child. So you're not fantasizing that someone tried to guilt you. It's written in the book. Okay. I'm Polish. I'm sure it's in the Polish book. So, <laughs> yes. you know, it's, it's, um, it's a realization that this is real. And I, I think this is what I, I'm, I'm wanting to do is helping people say, yes, this is written in the book. It's real. This is, did happen to you. And you mm -hmm. can talk to the part of you that was guilted and say, you know what? We don't use guilt in 2023. Mm -hmm. We use other things and, and so forth and so on. But it's very interesting that your child should see you sigh every day so that he knows how much suffering you go through. I oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Oh, you man. know, th that brings up so many, so many thoughts of, you know, childhood brings up so many thoughts that you say that we're using different things, but I think parents are still using it. And it's not just the mom, not just the Jewish mom, but it's all moms yeah. and, and priests and the government and the all parents, oh, yeah. right? But yeah, how do we shift? How do we reframe it? Yeah, you have to know I'm it happened. Right. When you hear the inner critic saying, I'm not enough, mm. you could say, I'm not enough yet. I love the word. Yeah, yet. you just add the word. I love that Carol Dweck did that work. The, you know, she worked with children and the transformation of those children in school to just add that one word mm. onto everything that were they were doing transformed those children's psyche 
mm-hmm. and their motivation and their commitment to doing things and their their being. I would love to see where they are now, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 40 years later and see how they've developed their confidence level. But how many of us have been raised with saying, and we're here and our critics say, we're not good enough. We're not mm-hmm. smart enough. We're not pretty or uh, handsome enough. We're just not enough. Well, I was dyslexic and I had many uh, brain traumas. So I was called an idiot child. Mm. And they wouldn't, my parents were called at school. I remember that time. And they said, they, I'm unteachable because I, I were, wrote backwards and I was an idiot child. But all the brain traumas, I couldn't read because the words kept moving. It's called Erin syndrome. So they sent me to the back of the room and that was that. So, <laughs> yeah. So I had to work within myself to the self of me that was called an idiot child mm-hmm. and help that child of me heal. But wow. So it's everything possible. And you're right. Just putting the yet. And I always use that in my in my life, I've always used that. And that's why what we're saying today is so profound. The smallest thing that someone can take home and say, hi, who's talking in there? I want to know. <laughs> yes. That's and huge. It's, and, and it's free. Trauma, right. It's free. A trauma Lois, yeah. <laughs> a, a trauma to Lois may not be a trauma to somebody else, but mm-hmm. it doesn't exactly. take it away. doesn't mean it's not a trauma. And a lot of people think of that word trauma and they go, oh, well. Uh, you know, it didn't happen to me, or I can't consider that a trauma. Mm. I think that that's a big challenge that that inner critic will say, yeah, you know what, you're just a wuss. You shouldn't Mm. have, you should be able to deal with this. Anything that's negative, that's in that mind that you're hearing that voice. Mm -hmm. And negativity is that inner critic. And part of what we want to do to help people here is to say, how do we quiet the inner critic? And then what's the solution? to get the inner coach within us, which is your true identity, mm-hmm. that part, yeah. that noble being inside of you that was here for a purpose. What's, what, do, what's our contribution? What are we here for? What, how do we want to see um, the difference that we can make in this world, no matter how small, right? Yeah. Our inner critic was trained like a Xerox machine <sighs> with this book. Print, print. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, the inner critic is keep on doing those things, but eventually talking enough with the inner critic and partnering with him and or her. Some people have two inner critics. Can you imagine? Oh, there's there's ten of them I've got. <laughs> oh my! I, I actually, it's one of the works that I, I you know I love this Shirzad Shamin work, but I've been doing this work for like almost thirty years, over thirty years, and I I have a name for each one. Well, and they're in, yeah. uh, in my Facebook page, but you know, you, my Facebook uh, group that I do, I do, I have the inner critics that it's just a way of labeling them, mm-hmm. but it helps people to look at them and say, well, am I the wanderlust wanderer? Am I, um, am I the overdrive samurai? You know, this is somebody an overdrive samurai, somebody who can never be satisfied with winning. They're constantly looking to achieve because their self-worth is is based on winning, not on something internal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's there's so many different ones that exist within us. They're all just layers of identity. And what I help people do is 
actually get rid of the shame, guilt, energy that's causing the malfunction of the inner critic. Mm. You know, one thing that, that you said, Evan, earlier is that we have to look through our lenses. But a lot of people are looking through dirty lenses, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we have to make sure that we clean them <laughs> every day. One of the things that I always do, is, and you, you, you touched upon it, Lois, is that you have pages and pages written, and that's where I do the brain dump, right? I do, I write down things that are in my mind to get them out. If I have a negative thought, I write it down. Why am I thinking this way? I have positive thoughts. What am I thinking? And one of the things I'm always teaching kids, especially kids, when they say, well, I can't do that. And I always say, what's the magic word? And they go, yet. I said, you got it. Yeah. So yeah. That, no, that is, is the that magic is magic word for all of us because i'm not rich enough or i can't afford that put the word yet in there and that word kind of gives you the freedom mm -hmm. to say wow i never thought of it that way so that means that i still have potential i still have growth opportunities inside of me and it's that magical word yet and then the other word that i teach kids is and instead of and saying you know i agree with you but no say i agree with you and what do you mean by that instead of saying oh, but let me complain about it right so the two words that i teach the kids and then make them magical is yet and and uh, i want to um share one thing um years ago when I did not know about the inner critic and I, I was just extremely, extremely depressed. And a therapist had recommended me to talk into um, like a microphone in my own voice because our own voice is so much more powerful than hearing affirmations from Dr. So-and-so or whatever, whoever. So my own voice, I would say, I'm wonderful, I'm good, I'm happy, I deserve this or something like that. And then I would play it over and over again. And I would listen to it as I'm doing the dishes and, you know, waiting for the kids to come out of school. And this is way before all the tech stuff. So I just had a, <laughs> a memorized thing. So that got me started because I was so in the hole, Evan. Mm. It was so in the hole. It it didn't matter if you gave me the best teaching ever. I couldn't hear it because I was 10 feet down in the shame guilt hole because I, I was an idiot child. So I was living that um, particular aspect of myself. But that helped so much that I eventually could talk within myself. I could look at another thing. But some people like me are in that hole and they don't know what in the heck we're talking about. Mm. And speaking of that hole, you brought up the hole. There's a wonderful poem by Portia Nelson. It's called, there's a hole in my sidewalk. I don't know if you've ever read it. No, but I, I share this poem. It's five. It says it's a book. It's a, it's actually five chapters, but it's one little page and I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, not give it justice, but I <laughs> used it with all my, I've been using it for many, many years. Um, but the essence is, is that the first chapter is I, I walk down the street and there's a hole in the sidewalk. I fall in 
It's very deep. I'm powerless to get out. It takes me a long, long time. Chapter two, there's a hole in my sidewalk. I see it. I fall in. It's not my fault. It takes me a real long time to get out. Chapter three, there's a hole in my sidewalk. I see the hole. I fall in. But it's just a habit. And I get out quickly. Chapter four, there's a hole in my sidewalk. I walk around it. And what's chapter five? Cover the hole. No, you walk down another street. (laughs) And to me, when I read this poem by Portia Nelson, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. Now, it, it gave me the power to know that I don't have to go from chapter one to five, which is what most people do, especially when it comes to health, wellness, and and, and trying to lose weight or get better in their health. What I do is I take people down this road. I also, I have them read the poem out loud in, in mm. our session. Yeah. And I ask them, what chapter are you in? And it's amazing to learn what mm. their perceptions are. And then I say, the goal is just to get to the next chapter. And it really, it, 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 it's a reframe for them. Definitely. And that to me is probably one of the things that I love doing more than anything is being this conduit of being able to just help people see the possibilities, right? That's my, I call that my superpower. Mm-hmm. It's also my weakness because I'm not an inventor. I get analysis paralysis. Okay, I've got all these possibilities, but now I've learned mm-hmm. how, you know, we're meant to be a tribe. I learned that in my tribe, I surround myself with people who can help me with the areas of frustration. That mm-hmm. I have, so that I can work on my zones of genius, which is another book. I don't know if you've read the the six zones of working genius by Pat Lencioni. Amazing book, a great read on helping people understand not so much you know all the deeper stuff we're working on, but that it's okay to not be an inventor if you're a wanderer, and mm-hmm. it's okay to be if you're not tenacious to be able to be somebody who can bring people together, a galvanizer. Like there are, it's- it's, You want them to be the be who you are. Exactly. And it's okay because there's nobody else in the world. Like you. Why do you want to be somebody else? (laughs) Nobody else has your job. Let's just be you. And it unleashes that superpower. When we can get them in that power state, you cannot be in your primal state and your power state at the same time. That's another important thing for them to learn because it's not about what happens, it's how quickly you recover. So I teach them how to recover with things that are really simple to do and very quick. And when, mm-hmm. even if we give them things to do and they go like going for a walk, somebody can't like exercise. I break it down into its smallest, as my client said, bonbon. What's the smallest common denominator? It's so stupidly small, but it's giving your inner critic permission to say, yeah, I'll let you do that. That's really what it's all about. And then what happens when you do that? And that's all I gave you the commitment to do. You made the commitment, you kept it. You push past the, the fear and the shame by having the courage to say, all I got to do is what Evan said, right? <laughs> okay, I made this commitment. Now you feel capable. Now with that capability, you have a little bit more confidence. I call it making a deposit, a health deposit. Mm-hmm. 
you know, everybody makes deposits in the bank account. What about making it in your health account? And then now they feel, oh, I'm confident enough to make more commitment. Exactly. And that's how we build. And it's that simple process that transforms. It's the tiny things we do day in, day out, week in, week out. You're really great at this, Sifu. And Lois, you sound like you're, you, you've got this. But mm-hmm. this is the thing that people need to realize. It's not about going on a diet or a crazy exercise program. It's what can you do? Now, today, right now, today, with 100% commitment and 100% integrity, not what you should do, but what you can do, it's going to get you a few steps closer to where you want to be tomorrow. And that's it. And then celebrate. So you get the dopamine dose. Let's work with the brain. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Evan, I I love the the chapter uh, three on Porsche's book. Uh, You know, it's a habit. And then I think the chapter between three and four is breaking the habit mm-hmm. because it became a habit. So you know how to do it. And then breaking the habit where she says, I walk around the hole and that, I think that really. That's building that muscle. The out That, of that the is muscle. building that yeah. muscle, but yeah. it's also building that resilience that we need to figure out you know, the adversity that we are maybe stuck in, or we feel that shame, that guilt, that it's my fault. And therefore, I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to suffer throughout instead of changing it. And I like the, the, the chapter between three and four, because it is understanding that habit, which may be negative, right? But how to get out of it, and then eventually avoid it and create a new habit, which is walk around the hole and eventually make it even bigger. And I said, cover it. And that's it's, the hole is kind of still be there. But you said, walk around a different block. And, and when we think about all of the different things that we've been talking about, it's basically that changing our own mind to become the better person, to become what we fear and that's being unique. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Um, I like to um, make things visual. Mm. And so I have people thinking of shame, guilt as an energy. And it's almost like flypaper. You know, it's stuck. You're stuck. But that's what shame, guilt is. Is this a piece of flypaper? Mm. So you just... Get rid of it because I'm writing that one down. Can you, can I, can I borrow that one? Of course, please. Thank you. But shame, guilt. And I also um, remember Dorothy going to the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. She trembles to see the wizard in great fear. And she finally gets there to see the all powerful Oz. And what does Toto do? Her little doggy. Exposes him for who he truly is. Yeah. So we all have to be Totos. And what do you see? A little old man, bald and gray, with a big machine with the pushing buttons. Shame gills a puff of green smoke. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. So when you do the shame guilt thing, you go, it's a puff of green smoke. Get away from me. Like, I'll talk to my depression. I'll talk to my anxiety. I'll talk to my superpower. I'm not talking to you. You're a puff of green smoke. (laughs) I love it. 
I got to thank you both for an exceptional time today. Really, really appreciate you both, your expertise. Do us all a favor and follow my great friends, Lois. Incredible. You know, uh, you, I, I am so thrilled that you and I have connected. Evan, you and I, my friend. What can I say? You guys have been on my show several times. I love having you on. And this is not the end of it, people. They will be back on my shows again, and we will have more discussions. Thank you both so much for being on The Seer Show. As you know, The Seer is we're always seeking, and we're seeking the truth. And I put the link in for people to follow. It's proattitudes.com forward slash follow. It's okay. all my channels. So I don't know how to get that out there because I put it in the private chat. Okay. And I'm going to put Lois, you just threw, threw it up here. And I'm going to put you up here so everybody can follow you as well really quick. And I learned a lot. Thank you so I much. Lois. That's I what I love about these. You know why I bring you guys on, so you can teach me. You know that, right? We teach each other. <laughs> I'm going to have to go yes. to the gym, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw Lois's. That's Little great. Increments. Thank you. Yes. Yes, that there's Lois again. And uh, that's where I have all my films, and uh, they're all free. And uh, you can see the Toto and the Wizard of Oz and all that kind of stuff. And I always make Shame Guild as a puff of green smoke. Mm. yeah and they have both proattitudes.com slash follow and you have loishollis.com go to her website if you want to reach her she's got her email there do us all a favor and follow and share this episode with friends loved ones especially loved ones and if you need to look at it more than once hit the hashtag replay let me know what you think Love, love what happened today that I have two exceptional people here with me who always are willing to share their knowledge so freely. So you guys are both beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have yourselves. Thank you. Blessings to you all. Yes. Yes. Grateful for the opportunity. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye.